Good morning, church. Good morning. I always like to hear everybody talking and just hanging out. You won't be that church that nobody talks to nobody, you know what I'm saying? I've been to those ones. It's just like, you know what, I don't think I'm going to come back next Sunday. It's just weird. Just... But like that song says, man, it's a new day. It's a new day. That, that's something I pray in your spirit and your heart you would really just receive, man. That every day you wake up, man, it's just a new opportunity. So no matter what happened the day before, the week before, man, it's a new day. So let's, let's just be in that day, right? And it made me think, too, like, it's a new day. It's also a new month. November's here, y'all. Who's ready for Thanksgiving? A little bit. Christmas? Who ready to be off? Everybody ready to be off, right? Everybody wants to relax and be at home. But it's really crazy to think, man, 2024 is already going to be here. It's like, what happened in 2023? I feel like we were still coming out of the pandemic and everything. It just reminds me that time is always moving forward, right? Things are always moving forward. And as a believer, that should be true about us, too, that we're always moving forward. And if you really think about this, I'm, you know, we're two months away from a whole new year. Think about yourself for a second and where you are currently in life as a person, as a believer. And then compare yourself to where you started this year. Do you see a lot of change? Do you look the same? What about you is different or is nothing different? You see, as a believer, we should always be moving forward just like time is. So we should be looking a little different, right? We shouldn't always be in the same. So that means if I started off coming to church and I was at church cussing and being crazy, well, eventually I should stop coming to church and cussing, right? There's got to be a point that there's some change that is happening to me. And the same is true for all of us, that there should be something different about me today than there was yesterday. I should always be changing and moving forward. There's got to be something and if there's not, then maybe we haven't been walking with God, walking with Jesus. And the way that we think that well, we always are, right? Just because you could come to church all the time, but that doesn't always mean, uh, man, that Jesus is really working in your life. Because we could go to the store all the time, but that doesn't mean we're making smart decisions in the food we're making, what we're buying. So if we don't allow Jesus to work in us, then we're going to have a problem. And as a pastor, as a church, that's something that I'm always trying to push us forward is that, man, we can see a real difference in our life. That people can see us and say, like, man, I see it. I remember if you were going through the same situation, you would have been down, you would have been defeated. But for some reason, you look like you're at peace. For some reason, you're holding yourself together when I don't understand how. Because I've known you in other seasons. I've known you in other circumstances. And you didn't always act this way. There should be a change in us. And I should be helping you with that change. And the church should be helping you with that change. That's, that's our job. It's not just a place for the sick, right? You come in broken and hurt, and eventually we got to heal. Eventually we got to get whole. Eventually we should get strong. Eventually we should be empowered to walk out these doors and go tear some things up, okay? There should be some change in us. Because God doesn't desire us just to be good people in this world. He desires to be better people, and that's what we're talking about today. Today we're starting a new series called Better Than Good. Because I think there's a time, right, all of us just wanted to be good. Because that sounds like a hard goal to achieve, right? Man, if I could just be good, then I'd be good. But what you learn with Jesus is he has so much more for you in this life. God has so much more for your life. He doesn't want you just to be good. He wants something better. And that's what I want us to really learn about today and really begin to walk through, not only as a believer, but just as a church, man. I want us to be 
to that point that we are always better. I want us to look to where we are today and a year from now be like, man, we are a totally different tribe. We are totally different people. Like we don't seen God and do some things in our life that we could have never imagined, but it's because we were walking, we were intentional, and we were challenging each other. So I'm excited for that, man, because I want to be those people. Like if you really think about it, if they're writing the Bible today, would you be in the Bible? And if you were, what would that look like? Are you going to be in the Bible because of your rebellion, because of the mistakes you made? Are you going to be one of those that Jesus touched and changed their life and you were out there helping change other people's lives? And I want to be the other side, all right? I don't been enough that I was the mistake. I don't been enough that I was rebelling against God, that I done did a bunch of stupid stuff, that I still kind of do a bunch of stupid stuff. But I want to be somebody that God still used like Peter, right? And eventually built something powerful upon him. And it's not because I want credit or glory or something, because I want to be used in a way that is impactful to my family, to my wife, to my children, to all of y'all. I don't want to just be somebody that comes up here and talks and that's all I have. I want to be somebody that God uses not to just be good, but to be better. And that's what I pray for all of us here today. So I want to just pray before we continue on, uh, man, that we would just receive that. So Father, we just come before you, Lord, just man, thanking you for a new day. Thanking you that with you we have the opportunity to say goodbye to shame, goodbye to guilt. Thanking you that all the mess that we create, Lord, you say, you know what, hold this, I'll help you clean it up. That when we make a mistake, Father, it's not something we have to run away from you to, but it's something we can run to you with, that you're going to help us get better from it. So, Father, help us be people who aren't just good, who aren't just doing the bare minimum, but help us be people who are always doing better people that could identify the change in our life, people that are eating off the fruit of the tree that you are growing within us, Lord. But Father, we got to come with humility. We got to come with humble humble hearts, Lord. We got to come ready to receive and not just receive what you have, but actually use it. So I pray today that we would be those people that don't just hear your word, but we are doers of your word. We live this stuff out. People say, man, I can see you being written in the Bible by the way that you walk with the Lord. Father, help us be those people that encourage and help other people draw closer to you. Father, we love you and we thank you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 today. We'll have it on the screen as always. And um, If you know anything about this, this is Paul writing to the church in Corinth, right? And this church in particular was a lot like our church. It was a church that was established. Things were up and running. People were gathering. They were doing some things, but they were still a young church. And Paul understood that, you know, it's good that we're gathering, that we're doing things, but we got to make sure that we're not becoming stuck at a place that we're made to surpass. And that's a theme, and that's a word for all of us, because a lot of times God is going to lead us to a place, and sometimes we get comfortable, sometimes we enjoy it, and we just want to stay there. We just want to remain there. But God is always trying to press us forward. And that's what Paul's trying to remind him. He's like, hey, man, I love what y'all are doing. I love that y'all got things up and running. But I want you to understand that you kind of just chilling too. Like, yeah, you're coming together, but you're coming together because you're ready just to hang out and chill. And that's cool, but we're trying to do something greater than that. There's something more to that. And that's what I want us to receive as a church because I feel like from where we are last year to now is night and day. But now we're at another crossroad within the church that it's time to move to another level for everybody, including myself and each one of you and all the different leaders within the church. But to do that, it's going to come 
with a lot of these conversations like Paul's doing with them right now, of them identifying that, hey, man, you might be getting stuck in something that you're supposed to move past. And I pray that we would always be people moving forward, not just settling for being okay, being good, but what? We're going to be better, right? Anybody came here today because they wanted to be better? Because they wanted to see better in their family, in their life, in their situation. Man, let's be better, church. And let's read what Paul has to say. Let's start here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. Paul starts off saying this. Dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I was spiritual people. I had to talk to you as though you belonged to this world, as though you were infants in Christ. I had to feed you with milk and not with solid food because you weren't ready for anything stronger. And you still aren't ready, for you are still controlled by your sinful nature. You are jealous of one another and quarreling with each other. Doesn't that prove that you are controlled by your sinful nature? And aren't you living like people of the world? He says, man, I'm trying to talk to you and be serious with you, but you ain't even ready for that conversation. So that's something I want to ask you today, church. Are you ready to be stronger? Anybody came here not just want to be better, but I want to be greater. I'm ready for what you have, Lord. Is anybody here like that today that is ready for that? Because Paul said, right, he said, hey, man, it was cool that we started off this way, but we got to grow past this. There's got to be something more to come from this. We can't just be keep doing the same thing. And I think about Jesus' life, right? We always talk about it, right, meeting people where they are when we're doing life with them. Man, we want to meet you exactly where you are. But think about Jesus. He always did that, right? He didn't come in hitting people over the head with the things that they were doing. He met them where they were. But what else did he do? He made sure that ain't where they stayed. He said, man, I'll meet you here. There's a time and a purpose to meet people where they are, to understand if they're new to the faith, if they don't even know. We're going to talk to them in a way, right, to help them grasp what we're talking about and what we're trying to live out. But eventually there has to be a point that we move past it, that we move forward. Because Jesus is always going to meet us where we're at, but he's never going to leave us where we're at. And you think about children. From the time that they're an infant, they're just drinking milk, you know what I'm saying? Eventually, they graduate to solid food, and they continue to grow. They're crawling, and you know what I'm saying? They're moving their butts, then they're walking, then they're running. There's a pattern of always moving forward and always growing. And the church, man, that's the same true for us that we should always be moving forward, that where we are today, it might be a starting point, but it shouldn't be our finish line. If you were not a person that always came to church, it's great that you're starting to come regularly, man, but that shouldn't be the finish line for you. It's a great starting point, but we got to get past it because if we aren't moving forward, then we're going to stay stagnant. We're going to remain the same, and there's a good possibility that we have given control of ourselves over to somebody else or something else other than Jesus. And I want you to take this away today. We'll have it on the screen. And look, I, I want to say this too. Like if you have a phone, right, and you got the Bible on your phone, you take notes on your phone, I'm not going to be offended. Take notes. Take pictures. Take whatever you need to get better, church, okay? I know we don't all have pen and paper all the time. It's like school, right? Do you bring your pen and paper? No, I ain't got it. It's okay. I know we all got our phones, though, so I'm not going to be offended. All right, now if you're checking the score and it ringing, then we're going to we have to talk, all right, but... But I want you to take this away. If we don't allow Jesus to work through us, okay, if he's not working through us, then we're allowing our sinful nature to control us, that we're given control over. 
And like I said, and this means you could come to church, right? Like, man, I need to be encouraged. And you could be encouraged, but then you could spend the rest of the week defeated. You could spend the rest of the week in your feelings. There's got to be a point that we get better than that, that we move past it. And it's not saying that you're not going to feel some type of way, that your emotions aren't real. But there's got to be a moment that we grow and we're able to handle things better than we did before. Because you could come to Bible study every Wednesday. You could come to men's group, women's group, couples group, all the different groups that are available. You could grow in all this knowledge and all these resources and all these tools. And all it be is just things that you know. And you're still having the same problems because you're not actually applying any of these things. Your faith is still remaining in a weak, in an infant stage. There's got to be a point that we move past it. I could give you all the resources. I could meet with you once a week, once a day, weekly. I could give you everything that I know. But if all you do with it is collect it and not do anything with it, then what good is it going to do you? It's going to become useless, right? And it made me think, too, like you could go and you could buy a brand new car that you've been wanting, but it's going to sit in your driveway unless you get behind the wheel and drive it somewhere. And the thing is, it could take you anywhere, but you have to be behind it to make something happen. You got a lawnmower at home. Man, it could cut your grass, but it's not going to cut the grass for you unless you're behind it. And it's the same true with our faith, church. There's got to be a point that we are receiving these things, that we're applying these things, that we're living these things out. Because a useless faith isn't the product of a living God. It's the result of an inactive follower. That means, yeah, I'm coming, I'm, I'm a part of these things, but I'm really not doing anything with it. We got to be better than that, church, because if we aren't following Jesus, if we aren't allowing ourselves to be led by the Holy Spirit, then we're going to be led by everything else. We're going to be led by other people. We're going to be led by other situations. We're always going to be led by something, and it's either one or the other. Things are either going to be better for us, or we're going to be always hurting ourselves. Our sinful nature, man, it, it always wants to follow the ways of the world. It always wants to fight against God. It rebels against God. It naturally does. So it's natural for us when we're not being followed by Jesus that we're diving into these things. It's just who we are. We can't help it. But I want you to realize that you're not just fighting against God. You're fighting against yourself. So if I had a drinking problem, right, and I'm like, I'm going to quit drinking, but every day I'm still having a beer and I'm still drinking, what's going to happen? I'm still going to have that problem, right? I'll be fighting myself. I'm not going to get any better. And I know none of us set out to make our life harder, but when we leave control up in the air to somebody else, that's what we're doing. We have to surrender and give our control to Jesus because he's the one that's going to help us overcome these things. So this means we're either going to be helping ourselves, we're going to be hurting ourselves. And God is saying like today, just like that song, man, today is a new day. I don't care what you did yesterday. I don't care what you did leading up to coming to this doorway, to this parking lot. Today is a new day to get right, to be better. No matter the demons that you have in your life, man, they all have to bow down to his authority. But you can only exercise his authority if you're walking with him, if you're allowing him to work in your life. When we live outside of that, man, it's always going to be a mess. There's always going to be a pain. But when we're allowing Jesus to have control, man, he's going to turn that mess into something beautiful. He's going to turn that pain into a song of praise. We have to walk with him, church. We have to give him control. Because if not, we're releasing control to something that's either going to keep us still or it's going to push us back. 
So that's where we got to start, church. Let's keep reading. Let's see what else Paul says. Let's go to verse 10 through 17. Then Paul tells them, But God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. And now others are building on it. But whoever is building on the foundation must be very careful. For no one can lay any foundations other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. And anyone who builds on that foundation may use various types of materials, gold, silver, jewelry, wood, hay, straw. But on judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. And the fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, the builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? God will destroy anyone who destroys this temple, for God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. If you know anything about construction, about building, man, the base, the foundation to the structure is the most important, most crucial part of it. And if the base, the foundation isn't built right, well, eventually you're going to have to replace it with a new one. You're going to have to start all over. No matter what you built on top of it, it's going to come down. It's going to need to be replaced. So it makes sense that God says, hey, man, I'm giving you Jesus to be that solid foundation because he is what? He's pure. He's holy. We know that he lives up to God's standard. Like, there is nothing wrong with that, man. He did it all. So it's, it's understandable, like, hey, that's what we should be building our life upon. That's where we got to start, right? With that has our foundation. And placing our faith and our belief in Jesus, it gives us that solid foundation. It lets us be a product uh, that we're saved when we make that decision. But what comes after being saved is all on us. It's what we choose to do and what we choose to build with. So our salvation in Jesus, it doesn't get erased when we use the wrong materials, when we make mistakes. All right, that's always going to be there for you. But it does change what we experience in this life. It does change the change in us and what God is trying to do in us. And this is what we need to understand, just like Paul was stressing to them, is this. Take this away this morning. My God, all right. We are accountable for our work. We're accountable for it. I can't push it on to anybody else. At the end of the day, what I've built on, what I've used to build, it's all on me. And Paul said, you're going to experience fires in this life that are going to expose what you use to build your temple. And it's either going to help you endure, you're either going to get better from it, it's going to be okay, or man, it's going to be a great loss. It's really going to take more from you than you took to obtain it. Paul said, don't you realize that you are a temple of God, that his spirit lives in you? We have the spirit of God in us. That means we have the spirit to help us get out of sin, not into sin, okay? We have a spirit within us that help us not stay stagnant in a place but move past it, that can help us select the right materials and not the wrong materials. We have a spirit of unlimited resources, but it goes back to what I was saying earlier. You could have all these things, but using it and having it aren't the same. It's up to us on what we do with the materials, what type of materials we're collecting. So we have to understand that. And God's words, if you really read his word, one thing that you see is he says that all his children are anointed. Sometimes we look at people's life and we're like, man, that brother right there is anointed. That sister... Man, she was born to do this, but check this out. We all were. We all have anointing on our life. 
We all have these things, but sometimes we don't realize it because we think it's for somebody else and not for us. Sometimes we're not using the very things that God keeps giving to us. We just push it off and say, oh, that's not for me. Not realizing that God is trying to do some amazing things. So we have to understand who we are in Jesus. We have to give him control, and we have to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us to select the right materials and build the right way. And I know seeing ourselves as a temple, that's a difficult thing, right? We always see our flaws. We see all the mess. We always see ourselves usually in an inaccurate way to begin with. And then as we grow with Jesus, we begin to see ourselves accurately. We start to see our mess more accurately. And that just makes us feel some type of way, too. We're just like, man, what you want to do? Like, why do you even want a relationship with me, Lord? Like, you know who I am. You know what I do. And a lot of times... We just wish that Jesus or God would just work on those specific things that we know are wrong with us. But a lot of times, that ain't all he's going to do. He's going to go beyond that. He's going to go to things that you ain't even aware of because he's trying to make you whole. He don't want you incomplete. So that's tough for us to see ourselves as holy because what he say about his temple? He said, my temple is holy. My spirit is holy. My son is holy. And if these things are in you, guess what that makes you, church? Holy. So every time you're thinking about being holy, man, holy is here. You are holy. But you have to identify what holy is, and you have to see yourself as holy. And Jesus is going to expose things sometimes that we don't want to deal with, but are things that we need to work on. And the sooner that we embrace it, the quicker we can become better from it. How many of us have had people, though, that said that they love us, they care about us, but they really allowed ourselves to continue hurting ourselves. Y'all know those type of people, right? Man, you really need to quit drinking, but let's have this drink first. You know what I'm saying? Hey, you need to quit talking about them. That's not cool. But did I tell you what happened with them? Like, they defeat the purpose, right? And then you remove some of these people out of your life, and you realize, you know what? I thought these people cared for me. I thought they loved me. They really didn't. Because now I realize what they loved is what I offered, what I provided. They didn't love me. They loved what they got out of me. There's a difference between people who actually love you and really care for you. And Jesus is saying, man, I want you to find people that love me the way that I love you. And I want you to be those type of people. So that means that we need to love with some grace, with some truth. That means we're not being angry. We're not being demanding. We're sharing our heart. We're explaining how we care because we don't want to see them hurt themselves anymore. Church, we got to get to that point that we have the right people speaking in our life, but on the other side of that, we become the right people for other people. So that means I love all y'all, right? So if I see you doing something, then I need to call you out on it. We need to have a conversation, and that's not in a rude way, but it's in a way to say, hey, look, I know you're doing this, but I don't think that's in the best interest because I really see how you struggle with this and God wants to help me identify this for you so we can help you overcome it. Because if I love you, I'm not going to want to see you continue to hurt yourself, right? And if you really love somebody, that's what we should do, right? We don't want to see them continue, but sometimes they need somebody to step in their life and encourage them and love them in this way that is sometimes hard. That's some tough love. Not only do we need those people, but we need to be that person for other people. Because Paul said, man, at the end of the day, you're going to be held accountable. At the end of the day, the fire is going to reveal what you did. You're either going to be a decent builder or you're going to have some problems. And yeah, you might scrape on by, 
But life would have been so much easier if he would have just pressed in the fire. He doesn't want us just to be better with some things. He wants us to be better in all things. And as we grow embracing accountability, man, we can be better. And this is how we reap a harvest of lasting change in our life. That's how we really see Jesus produce things that stay in our life, that aren't temporary, that don't just flame and fade out. We have to be accountable for our work, church. I want us to keep reading. Let's go to verse 18 to 23. So then Paul finally tells them this. He says, stop deceiving yourself. If you think you're wise by the word standards, you need to become a fool to be truly wise. For the wisdom of the world is foolishness to God. And as the scriptures say, he traps the wise in the snare of their own cleverness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise and he knows they're worthless. So don't boast about following a particular human for everything belongs to you, whether Paul, Apollos, Peter or the world or life or death present in the future, everything belongs to you, and you belong to Christ, and Christ belongs to God. I want you to take this away this morning. The truth cannot be denied, no matter how it's changed. Take this away. The truth can be denied, but never changed. Go on, flip it back one time. The truth can be denied, but never change. Paul said, man, quit lying to yourself. You can use any and every excuse you have, but the truth doesn't change. If I set up this appointment, right, and I got to be there at 10 o'clock, but I get there at 10, 15, I say, man, the traffic was crazy, all this. It doesn't change the fact I was late. The truth is what the truth is. And one thing you know about people that don't like to identify with the truth, they'll always make an excuse. But the excuses don't change the truth. Have you ever called somebody out and they steadily deny they're lying right in your face? And you're like, yo, why are you even lying? I got the evidence. The truth is what it is. Like, why, you, why even do this? None of us like it. But we can deny. We can say all that we want. It doesn't change what the truth is. We can explain. We can shape things how we desire. But ultimately, God sees all. He knows all. He is omniscient. You know what that means? He knows everything. God is omnipresent. That means he is everywhere all the time. He's omnipotent, which means he has all power. He has authority. And Paul's saying, look, man, if you want to be wise, you should become a fool. And he's not saying to do foolish things. He said, but you got to come to a place that you humble yourself, realizing you don't know it all realizing that there is still a long ways for you to go. And if you ever get to a place that you feel like you know it all, that you've arrived, man, that's when you quit learning. That's when you already lack what you need to know. So Paul's saying, look, man, if you want to follow somebody, you need to be following Jesus. If you want to grow in wisdom, grow in the wisdom of Jesus. If you want to look to be better in your life, man, look at what Jesus has taught. Look what he lived out. Man, follow that in the pattern. Allow the Holy Spirit to guide you to live that way. Because everything else is really going to be foolish. Everything else is really going to upset you. It's going to fail you. It's going to disappoint you. Because truth doesn't change. And we can either be someone who allows it to change us for the better or someone who's in denial that they even need change. 
And that's what I want us to see, church. That whenever we are hit with the truth, instead of denying it, we accept it. We say, okay, you know what? You're right. I did mess this up. I did miss the mark on that. But I'm glad that you brought this up and you're holding me accountable so I can be better from it. Because we're accountable for our work. Whether we're going to face it for each other or face it with God, it's going to come back to us. And it's important to figure out what we're going to do with what we've got. So this is my challenge for everybody, is that we would be this. We would be accountable. That people say, you go to Lubbock Unified? Oh, there's some accountable people right there. They ain't perfect, but they is accountable. They is steady growing. I know they're a faithful church. They ain't got it all together, but what they got is more than a lot of people who think they got it together. But you know what it takes to be accountable? It takes us giving control to Jesus. That means we are using his word. We are using his teaching. We see God's standard. We're saying, okay, that's, that's the goal. That's the aim. And anything below that isn't for me because that's the standard I need to live my life on because I know if I'm doing that, I'm going to have what I need to succeed in this life. Got to be accountable to Jesus and our control, what we're using. And then we got to be mindful of the work that we're producing. Like we said, we're accountable for our work, so let's be mindful of the things that we're doing. Because when we are mindful of it, then we can identify, then we can notice, you know what, I ain't handled that situation well. Let me go and apologize. Let me grow from this opportunity. Let me be better from this. Let's look at the work that we're producing. And that doesn't always mean what we're doing at our jobs that pay us an income. It's, it's talking about in life in general. So that means if I want a loving wife, wouldn't it be wise that I love my wife well? But if I'm always talking to her crazy, if I'm always treating her badly, I can't be mad when she's mad at me. Like I've done that to that woman, you right? I'm accountable for what I've done to her and how she's acting towards me because of my own actions. We're accountable for our work and it's either gonna help us or it's gonna hurt us, church. So we have to be mindful of the work that we are producing because it's a great way to gauge what you're being accountable for, who has control of you, Man, let's be better, church. And then to help us be accountable, we got to get somebody to hold us accountable and then say, okay, I know you got some tough things to tell me, but I, I receive it, uh, and I'm willing to take what you have and run with it. And that's hard. Nobody likes to hear the truth about when they're messing things up. But you got to understand, if somebody's having a conversation with you, how much that person loves you. They're not saying it because they're trying to belittle you, they're trying to put you on blast. That's not what Jesus does, right? He ain't never trying to put nobody on blast. He always said, hey, man, I'm bringing this to your attention because you are killing yourself with it. And I love you enough to see you be better than this and change from it. Just the other day, I had some brothers invite me to lunch, and they brought out some things that were very truthful that I needed to hear about myself. And it's hard. And I could have been like, man, y'all tripping. I ain't trying to hear none of that. Y'all really set me up. Y'all really out here trying to get me. I could have been that way. But I see that it was coming from a place of love, that they were just trying to do the same thing that I try to do for them, and that's be accountable. Being accountable was hard, church, but you're going to be so much better because of it. Every person in this church will be better because of it. This church will be better because of accountability. There's a lot of big churches in our city, and I'm not saying anything about them, but it's a big church. You know what you could do in a big church? It's easy to hide. It's easy to just to show up and check a box. It's easy to say, oh, I went to church, I go to Bible study, I'm good. It's like, no, nah, you're really not. 
If all we're doing is checking a box, then we got a huge problem. Because Jesus isn't something just to check off on your list in your life. He's something that changes your life for the better. And God calls us to be better. If all we're doing is coming and we're hanging out and we're going to these groups and we're like, I can't wait to see brother, we're going to hang out, we're just socializing. Man, you know what we're doing, right? We play in church instead of being the church. Because the church is supposed to be a place that you get whole, you get empowered, and you go out and change everything in your life and the world. So there's got to be a point that just honestly we grow up, that we get better. We don't keep doing the same things that we've always done in this life, that Jesus is really doing a work in us, that I can see a change, that people can see a change. That's what it is, church. And I don't say that, you know, because I'm trying to be hard on you. I say that because I love you. I want so much more for y'all. I want so much more for myself, for my family. But the only way we're going to get there is if we continue to move forward. If we continue to try to be better. If we take advantage of the new day. So that's my challenge. And I pray that that's who we become. That even when we get to January, we can say, you know what? In these past six months, I've seen a lot of growth in everybody. I see people really change. Used to talk crazy to my kids, and now I can have a decent conversation with them without tripping, hit them upside the head. There's got to be some change in this church. We got to be better, man. It's not easy. It's, it's going to take work. But I promise you it's going to be worth it. Because how many of us could look back at our life, at our childhood, at our upbringing, and wish that our parents were accountable? Wish that we had some people that were accountable and hold us accountable, that would have saved us from ourselves. Man, this is the time right now. There's no better time than a new day, than the present, to have a better tomorrow. Let me pray. Father, I just thank you for where each one of us are in life right now. I thank you that the place that you meet us isn't a place that you, man, want us to stay. So help us not get stuck in places that we're supposed to move past. Help us be people who were better today than we were yesterday. And Father, even if that means we just got to be 1% better today, Father, I pray that we take advantage of every day and that we can look back a year later and say, man, you know what? I grew 300% because I took advantage of 300 days. Father, help us be better. We know we got to start by releasing the control to you because if not, we're going to be controlled by the wrong things. We're going to be involved in the wrong things. So, Jesus, we give you control right now. We just release our hearts, our minds, our bodies, our temples, all that we are, Lord. You said that we are holy. So help us be holy. Help us reflect your holiness. Help us filter out all the things that are corrupting us, that are eating us, man, that are, man, destroying our lives, destroying our families. Father, I thank you that you are a way maker. You are, a, a man, a generational curse breaker, Lord. There is nothing too great for you, Lord. So help us exercise that authority in our life by walking it out and living with you. Help us be people who are accountable for the work that we are making, for what we are producing. Help us invite people to speak into our life, to have those difficult conversations, to push us to be better, and not just be people who come and play church, but we are the church, Lord. Help us be that and live that out. So, Father, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for tough love, Lord. And we thank you for always pushing us beyond what we would push ourselves. We love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Right now, we're going to go to a time of worship. As always, man, we'll have prayer team members in the back. But church, for real, let's be accountable, all right? You see something, man, have that conversation with your brother and sister. That doesn't mean you put everybody on blast, right? That means you pull them to the side. You, you go and set up a meeting to meet with them. But let's really be accountable to each other. Let's be better, church, than good. Let's worship. <laughs> 